You're listening to the Food and Fitness Podcast, where we talk all things food and fitness. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at food.fitnesspodcast. We're your hosts today, Jackie Vandertoon, Jessica White, and Dave Marshall. On today's episode, we're going to talk with Ronnie Travis. She's a personal trainer uh, and a health and fitness diploma. She has Precision uh, Nutrition Level 1, Derby Training Level 1, and a certified personal trainer with the Canadian Society for Exercise Physiology. I think I got that right. That's great. All right. Uh, So she seems to have a a different view on fitness when she's also working with her clients. The confidence comes first and the results are very close second. So there's a change that's happening in in body positivity fitness. And Ronnie wants you to care about your body as much as you care about your health. So Ronnie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Ah, it's, it'll be our pleasure. So let's go right away. Um, why do you take a different approach when you are working with your clients? Do you find um, the view of loving yourself brings better results? 100% I do. And I mean, as with most things, most things in life, my approach comes from my personal experience. Um, you know, I followed all the rules. I did all the things. I reached my goal weight but I still wasn't happy with myself. Um, it didn't magically transform my life. Like I thought I did. I wasn't confident, you know, my world didn't change just because I reached a certain weight. And honestly, that was the best thing that ever happened to me because I realized that just losing the weight wasn't enough. And that was when I really started focusing on combining the mindset and self-love with fitness. And what I noticed when I did that was my clients' results started skyrocketing. They got results faster. They got better results because I would have clients who would lose all of this weight, but we didn't talk about mindset or fitness or self-love and they didn't see it. Like people would lose 30, 40 pounds and still not feel good about themselves. And at first I was like, what am I doing wrong? But it was just because I was so focused on just the fitness and the nutrition aspect of it. So by including, you know, working on loving yourself as you change, you get faster results because you're looking for results. I can't tell you how much I love that because um, we've mentioned on this podcast and certainly one of the struggles that I have are numbers. And uh, I love the fact that you're kind of throwing the metrics out a little bit because we all have this kind of goal number you know what's your ideal weight um 120 pounds i don't even remember being 120 pounds i don't even know what that looks like but that's a number uh anyways it's obvious that you have a really different perspective on what constitutes health and fitness from your side of the fitness field what impact do you wish to make to the industry and for individual people so my goal is to change the way people view fitness, nutrition, and their body. Um, I want to take away the negative and toxic associations with one people like not wanting to exercise and eat healthy because it comes with all of those negative associations. Um, but mainly I just, I want people to know that it can be simple and it can be easy and that there's so many more reasons to take care of your body than just to lose weight because just losing weight isn't enough to keep you doing it. And as somebody who totally understands what it's like to be stuck in that wanting to be that goal weight, like 
that just, that did nothing for me. And the biggest thing that I want to like impact the industry with is to, like I said, just change the way people see it. My main goal is to help people change the way they view exercise. So instead of punishment, it's a way to take care of your body, right? You're moving your body because you love your body and same with eating, right? Instead of eating to punish or starve yourself because you overate on the weekend, you're eating to nourish your body. And the more we look at food and nutrition as things we get to do for ourselves, the less negative and toxic it becomes, which, you know, in the end makes it easier to maintain. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I like how when you were talking, you were, you were talking kind of about the honesty, right? And the reflection. And I had a look at your Instagram. So Ronnie, at Ronnie underscore Travis as your Instagram handle. Um, it's just so full of life. And I like how you, you bring in some of the, like the reality factor, some of the honesty that you bring in on your, your Instagram. And you talk about your past fitness journey, um, like flash, flashback photos, talking about size versus confidence, fitness modeling. Um, but what have you learned from your own journey that allows you to become a better trainer? So I've kind of done it all, right? I've lost weight, got way too skinny. I gained weight and had to like redo that whole thing. And I went from trying to be really skinny and cause that's what I thought I needed to be to wanting to become stronger and healthier and happier. And the main thing I've learned from that and which helps me with my clients is that I can empathize, right? I know what it's like to like look in the mirror and not like what you see and to feel like nothing is working and to feel hopeless and to just want to, you know, take the scissors and cut it off because it just wasn't working. I know what that feels like, right? So I know what people are going through and I can help them walk through that. But, you know, I've also done, like you said, the fitness modeling thing, and that was a really great experience for me. Um, but, you know, another thing that I learned was that if you don't love your body before you go into a competition, you're not going to love it when you compete. Because if you're so used to criticizing yourself, that's all you're ever going to do. So the biggest thing for me was from, again, losing like, you know, 40, 50 pounds, gaining 30, 40 pounds, losing weight again, is was just learning to love myself the way that I am. And that is, I think what helps me be able to relate with my clients, but also help them get lasting results because I know what it takes to maintain and keep that motivation. Like I realized the other day, I've been exercising consistently pretty much for about eight years. So, you know, that's a long time to stick with something. And I think the fact that I've done the extremes. It really helps me kind of put it into perspective to people be like, no, you know, you don't have to do that. Um, and I just, yeah, being able to empathize is huge because personal training and like the way you feel in your body, it's extremely personal and people need to feel comfortable with me. So I find when I share, like when I share when I was 105 pounds, at, you know, five foot seven, and I did not look healthy, that I don't feel good sharing that. But I know sharing it helps. And the more open and honest I am, the more comfortable people feel with me. And for me, like, yeah, this is what I do for a living. But like, I create these amazing connections with my clients. And I think that's what really helps them get such amazing results is that, like, I genuinely care, and they trust me because they know that I've been there. 
And I think just making it less of like a formal interaction and more of a connection helps people stick with it a little bit better and just get better results. Hmm. I feel like you do a therapy session and a fitness session at the same time. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, so we talked about social media and uh, your social media um, in general, but now let's go a little bit further out and let's talk about Insta fitness is something that I think is coming up and is very trendy as people are doing these crazy poses. Um, they're doing, you know, like, I don't know, Statue of Liberty kind of thing. I don't know. The weirdest things ever you see them, you get caught down the, the, the wormhole. The next thing you know, you're like, Oh, maybe this is what I should be doing. Do you think that the perfect workout or Insta Instagram fitness is helping or hurting the industry or possibly helping or hurting your clients? All of the above. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, the biggest thing when it comes to fitness is that the basics are the best, right? The basics are the basics for a reason because they work. And the one of the challenging things about people doing all those crazy exercises is that people think that's what they need to do to get results. Mm -hmm. And I find that, you know, people come into my workout and I'm like, for the first time, it's always the fun doing a first workout with somebody. I'm like, okay, we're just going to do the basics, see where you're at. And most people can't do the basics because they are so focused on doing all of these, like stand on one leg and do a bicep curl and then press it over your head and do all that at the same time. And like one, from a fitness standpoint, it's very inefficient. Like if your mm -hmm. goal is weight loss and gaining strength, your balance is going to like take over and you're not going to be able to lift as much as you would be able to. So you don't get as good of results, but people on, you know, Instagram fitness is all about getting attention. So when people post these crazy workouts, they're literally just doing it to get attention. I guarantee you those people, that's not how they got that, those bodies doing all of those crazy workouts. They're just doing them for the clout, right? They're just doing it for the attention. Um, and I do think it's great for getting people to be maybe inspired to go to the gym, but I honestly, it just, it worries me every time I see somebody post this insane workout and they're like standing on a BOSU ball the whole time. Cause all I can think about is how many people are going to get hurt doing that. And then think that that's what they have to do to get results. Think they're not good enough and then just give up. Right. So it's, it can be motivating, but in my opinion, it does the opposite. And I just feel that it makes people feel like, oh, if I can't do this, then, you know, I'm not going to be able to get results. So I do think it does do more harm than good. Um, but it's, it's just all about, you know, getting fans and getting followers. <laughs> there was actually a, there's a trainer that I was followed on social media. I couldn't find his profile, but notoriously against burpees because he's just like, it's not natural. People are going to hurt themselves. He's like, let's, let's not do burpees. Let's do push up. Let's do like squats. Let's do everything a burpee will do separately to get better results rather than hurt yourself or in face plant. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Burpees are very unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I do not like burpees. Um, but my little guy who's, he was in kindergarten, he came home and he started doing burpees. Like they're teaching kids how to do burpees and he loves them he thinks they're great 
Um, so some, some people love them. But... Positive association. There we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I'm only going to speak for myself here, but uh, much like you, I think I've kind of gone up and down in the weight loss train with that being kind of my focus as, as a younger person. And um, I always thought, you know, I can eat my way or I can exercise my way out of a bad diet. Um, and I can't. Uh, and, and weight loss does happen in the kitchen. And I have lots of people that I've met over my years that say I exercise so that I can eat, so that I can have a beer, so I can have a cheesecake, so I can do this. Um, what are your thoughts on people exercising to eat? I think it's extremely toxic. <laughs> um, so the main reason why I don't, and, and like, and I used to think that way too. Like I would, if I was going out for the weekend, I would go do some extra cardio and burn enough calories to work it off. But what that does is it just continues the negative cycle of us having to work out to earn food. And what I've learned is that it's not about earning food or this or that, because in the grant, if you think of the grand scheme of your life and how many meals you eat in a month, in a year, going out for, you know, a piece of pizza every now and then it's really not like it's nothing. Right. So, because when you are really looking at changing your life, getting fit and healthy and losing weight, nobody wants to lose weight or get fit in like a month and then go back to their normal life. Right. You want to maintain those results. So the best way to be able to maintain those results is to focus on being 80% perfect with your nutrition rather than a hundred, because you can be 80, even 70% perfect consistently, probably forever. But if you focus on, you know, being a hundred, hundred percent perfect or having to earn things, then that creates a negative association in our brain, right? So we associate going out for pizza or doing things that we probably like, and we create a negative association with it. And it just leads to this whole toxic thing, which isn't sustainable. So if your goals are long-term and you know, okay, I'm not going to go out for pizza and ice cream every single night. I'm just going to do it once a week. Then it's really not a big deal. And the more we can allow ourselves to enjoy our favorite foods while we see results, the more we want to keep doing it. Whereas if you have to work it off every time, then one, you learn to not really like the exercise because you don't feel good while you're doing it. And as you're eating that pizza, you feel guilty, right? So that's how I used to feel. And now it's just another meal, right? So what I try and focus on more is like, I still like if I go out, so we actually went out for pizza on Sunday and all I try and do before is add more veggies and like get all of my fruits and water in before we go out rather than starving myself so that I know I got all of my veggies and I got all my nutrients in, but by the time I got to the pizza, I just get to enjoy it. Um, because you really want to be able to enjoy food and, you know, your life while you reach your goals without having to associate that guilt with it. Um, so kind of a long answer to your question, but um, no, I don't believe that you have to like earn food. And part of the impact I want to make is on, you know, taking all of that vocabulary out of people's mouth. Um, because it's just, 
it's not extremely helpful for long-term results. I, I really love that you said that because uh, I'm 51 and I've done Weight Watchers, I've done keto diets, I've done paleo diets, I've done whole life challenges, I've counted calories and it's exhausting. And I have finally, my husband, uh, he's, and, and he's an athlete, but he's injured. Um, he gained 35 pounds over the pandemic because he, he's unable to run. And he decided to lose weight. And what he's, his diet is, diet, which I hate that word. Um, he just eats three meals a day. He doesn't snack in between. So I'm like, I'm just going to eat three meals a day and not snack in between. It is the best way that I have found. It is the easiest way. Uh, cause we had lasagna tonight and, and I just ate lasagna, but that is my meal until tomorrow morning. So I just know like it is idiot proof. I just eat three times a day and I don't even have to think about it. And my relationship with food, as you mentioned, is actually much better. I don't feel bad having a beer as long as I have it with a meal. I'm okay with that. And I had, uh, I don't know, we had, uh, a pie with our meat as long as it was in our meal. We're good. So yeah, but it's taken me a very long time to come to that. So I appreciate you, you talking about that now um, so that listeners can understand that it's exhausting to um, have a bad relationship with food. Exhausting. That's the best word to describe it. So when people do decide to, for whatever reason, change their diet, um, and when they decide to change what they eat, it impacts them differently especially if they have some food sensitivities, of course. Um, and a lot of the time in the media, we always hear about how changing our diet can be so beneficial, but how can a new diet make a negative impact on someone when they are doing it for weight loss specifically? I love that question. Um, the main problem with dieting specifically for weight loss is it tends to have an end date, right? So you're like, okay, I'm going to be really good for the next three months. I'm not going to have any alcohol. I'm not going to have any bread. I'm not going to have any of this. And you probably will lose weight, but you get to that goal and then it goes out the window, right? What happens when it goes out the window, your body goes back to normal, which one, it's not really good for our bodies to like lose a lot of weight, gain a lot of weight, lose a lot of weight, gain a lot of weight. But mentally that is exhausting as well right? It hurts our feelings when we feel good about ourselves for a little bit. And then we get back into our old cycle. And what I find dieting with an end date does is it just perpetrates this feeling of I'm a failure, right? Because you do it for a little bit and then you can't maintain your results. And it just leads to people feeling bad about themselves. So I don't believe in diets. I don't believe in dieting for weight loss. Um, because I just find it's not sustainable. One thing that I always tell somebody if, you know, every time a new diet comes up, somebody will be like, oh, my aunt Susan is doing this. What do you think of this? And my first question is, can you sustain it for the rest of your life? Normally, right. no, right? So if the answer to that is no, then I tell them not even to try. Because if you can't keep doing it, then you can't maintain your results. And if you can't maintain your results, then what's the point of starting? Um, so what I like to advise is to focus on making small changes, right? Just like Jackie was saying, when you focus on things that are easy, but are simple and you can keep doing them forever, then one, it's better for your health. It's better for your mental health because you know, you can feel successful doing it. 
and it's better for your results because you can actually maintain them that way. I love that. So um, talking about something that you say you can maintain for the rest of your life. If you're talking about your fitness journey and you're working with your clients, how do you keep a program fresh and fun and not stale? Something that you can sustain for the rest of your life. Um, so again, same thing I was talking about earlier, keeping it simple, um, making small changes. And honestly, just, I find when clients get started and every workout that I do is based on, you know, the same principles, the same basics, just modifying those. So either modifying the, like the way that I do it, maybe doing a circuit as opposed to like one exercise at a time. Um, but at the end of the day, like you can't do crazy workouts and expect to maintain those results. So I find that in my experience anyways, um, the results are enough to keep you going. And when your program is like simple enough that you only have to work out two to four times a week and you can see results in your head, it's, it's not daunting, right? It doesn't feel exhausting. And it's easy to maintain. Plus what I've noticed is people just start to crave that feeling. Like I have clients who have been with me for years, even as I moved, some of them followed me and like still trained with me online. And, you know, it's not like every single day, each new work, each workout is totally brand new, but it's the feeling, right? It's the vibe. It's the strength and the empowerment and just that burst of energy that you get and I find that just wanting that feeling, wanting those results is more than enough. And I mean, we do focus on getting stronger. So I do make things harder and being able to watch your progress. So as opposed, this is why I prefer setting like strength goals as opposed to weight loss goals, because even if you do everything right, your weight loss will plateau every now and then like weight loss is not linear. Um, but if you focus on strength, right, set a goal to be able to do push-ups from the ground, or maybe you want to do a chin up, or maybe you want to be able to squat with a certain weight. It's exciting to watch yourself get stronger. And I find that just our human need to be better and feel good is enough. And I find that, you know, part of it is just the human relation, right? Being able to have that connection with people. Um, I actually just had a client tell me today that like, if she knew if, if it wasn't for me, she would like, she knows what to do at this point, but she just wouldn't do it. Right. So a lot of the times it's that accountability. Um, but even like from my own standpoint of having exercised for eight years, I've changed it up a lot. Like I I've competed, I've tried powerlifting style, um, and I've done lots of different things. So I think that helps me add different aspects to the training. Um, but honestly, just changing up the style a little bit, keeping with the basics, but really just wanting the result and wanting that feeling is from my experience enough to keep people going. Um, it's, I find people get bored or they don't want to do it anymore when they feel like they have to do too much. So when people feel like they have to work out five, six days a week, that's when they get burnt out. And that's when they want to stop. Um, like I went through that a little while ago where I was like, you know, kind of bored and just wasn't feeling like that same motivation to wake up and exercise five days a week. So I changed my workouts. I work out like 
three or four days a week now. Um, I walk, I hike, like I do things like that, but I find making it less daunting and more manageable is a great way to keep it sustainable because then, you know, if a holiday comes up where you aren't able to get all seven of your workouts in that week, you don't feel bad about it. And when you take more rest days, your body craves it. So I find that usually works. I think uh, I can definitely speak on the results thing is um, Joe and I recently went on a hike that we did earlier in the year. And when we did it earlier in the year, we're just like, man, that was, that was brutal. That thing kicked our butt. But then we did it not that long ago. And we're like, yeah, we totally did that. And we crushed it. And it felt fantastic. And then for me, that meant, that means way more than being like, oh yeah, there's like two inches off my waist or anything like that. Right. The, the idea of knowing that I can do something and it's not as difficult makes me so much happier than um, a weight result or anything like that. Right. Yes. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are very privileged to have some amazing people on our podcast. And there are things that some of our guests have said that really have resonated with me and it gets repeated again and again. And you, you said it again, Tracy Stewart was on uh, one of our guests and she talked about finding joy and it resonated with me. And I hear you kind of saying the same thing that exercise or movement, you know, is joyful. So going for a walk like Dave hikes, I'm, I'm, I'm putting words in his mouth and he can, you know, uh, confirm or refute, but he does it for the joy, not the calories burnt. And, And I love hearing you, you say that. Um, yeah, thank you. You are not in Ontario. We are in Ontario. You, in fact, are in BC. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. I, I hope you're safe. Um, All good to... here, thankfully. Yes. Okay, good. Uh, I have been and sometimes the Johnny Cash theme uh, uh, song runs through my head. I've lived on the West Coast. I've lived on the East Coast. And now I'm in Ontario. And it was interesting. I have noticed difference in people's relationship with movement. And uh, when I was in Calgary, we spent every waking moment we could out in the mountains, hiking, skiing, camping, whatever. Um, for us, the city wasn't fun. It was just a straight line through Banff and into the mountains. When I moved to Nova Scotia, uh, back to Nova Scotia, interesting, my husband uh, was training for his first marathon and I would do some running. And uh, we would literally go by small town community and people would sit on their porches and make fun of us. Um, and I'm not joking. They would make fun of us because it was like, what are you doing? Like, why don't you just take a car and go where you want to go? It was funny how people's reaction. Um, in Ontario, we actually surround ourselves with active people who are like us. But and no offense to my Ontario friends out there. It's kind of a uh, fad kind of thing, if, if you know what I mean. Like, I'm doing the latest uh, to keep up with whatever. Um, do you notice that when, because you've moved in different areas, do you feel that people from different regions embrace fitness differently? And why do you think that is? So I hundred percent agree with you. Um, and it's interesting actually. So one thing that I loved when I moved out here was everybody wants to be outside and doing stuff. And that is obviously something that I love which I didn't get as much of in Ontario. Um, And I did feel like a lot of like stuff we would do back home was more focused on, you're right, like fads, what was cool. Um, 
things like that. But like out here, it's a lot of just being outside and spending all day outside because it's beautiful and we want to. And um, that part is really awesome because like, I just, I love being outside and in nature and moving and spending time with friends. But what's interesting is I find it depends where you are. So there's a, uh, in Kelowna, I find it's a lot more, I don't know how to say this properly. Um, superficial we'll say where people are like let's just say like botox and things like that are very very just everywhere um and i remember the first time i went out for dinner in Kelowna i had been living in Vernon um which is just a little bit smaller and um like i went to this restaurant and i swear every girl looked the same like you know eyebrows done the same the plump lips bleach blonde hair just like carbon copies of each other and it was like and I'm the type of person I don't wear a lot of makeup like I don't really like do a lot of stuff and I was like what is like I just like I felt really weird and then I went to the gym and that's how they look in the gym perfectly like done up and all this stuff and a lot of the like fitness influencer type of like girls walking around in the matching sets and the perfect makeup and things like that so it's funny to me to see both sides of it, like literally so close. Um, but I find that the way fitness culture has went, um, a lot of people are doing it because it's a fad and they go to the gym and they have the perfect outfits and they want to do all the things. Um, so I think you'll kind of find that anywhere. Um, but I honestly, I think it's just because it's what people are used to. Like here, I, I stand out because I don't look like everybody else. And I'm okay with that. Um, but like people just, people don't want to stand out, right? People want to fit in. They want to look like everybody else. Um, and honestly, I just think that a lot of them just don't know any better, right? Like they think that's what's expected of them. So that's what they do. Um, but that being said, a lot of my friends are into very active activities and not, you know, because it'll burn calories or will look cool while doing it just because of the rush of it. So, um, I honestly, I think it comes down to kind of the person where they were raised. Um, and yeah, so it's just, it is very interesting to see, but, um, yeah, a lot of it just comes down to, I find expectations and the society that you live in. How much do you feel your friends influence that? And I say that because my friends, um, that we hang out with, we, like, it seems kind of weird. We do things we like we just get together on Fridays when we were still biking every Friday we would bike and now that we're coming up into winter Thursdays we'll ski Sundays we ski um like it's just that's our group of friends um that we hang out with and so how much do you think that that influences people and their fitness exercise health habits I think that's huge. Um, one, and it's one thing I've noticed a lot more recently, actually, um, growing up, I was more of a doormat type of person. I was very nice. Let people walk all over me. I went with the flow. I didn't really like, you know, disagree with people. And that definitely influenced the type of things I did. I mean, I was still like, I still played sports. I still played hockey and things like that. Um, but you know, the more I got into like high school and hanging out with my friends, I still made, did all my commitments, but the less time I spent, you know, active playing outside and the more time I spent doing other things. Um, and now 
like, especially because when I moved across the country, nobody here knew me, right? So I just got to show up and be who I wanted to be. And one thing was that when I moved out here and I started, you know, as a personal trainer and in fitness, that's kind of how people knew me. So I found that those were the types of people I attracted because the friends that I would meet would be through the gym that I was working at um, or through my boyfriend who his friends were all very active people too. And I find that the more loudly you express who you are, the more those are the types of people you attract. So the people who I've met here are people who want to hike, they want to surf, they want to go and do all of these things. And I find now that I'm not afraid to be myself and like talk about what I want, um, I am able to do those things with others. And I find that I have a, I'm able to influence other people. So I do have people who will tell me they do more things when I'm around, right? They want to do more things because they know I don't like to sit still. Right. I don't want to just like sit and talk. I'd rather go for a walk and talk or something. Um, so I think it depends on your power to influence and how much you are influenced. Um, so it's different person to person, but like the people you surround yourself with that becomes your life. Right. So it's like the people, whether it's your friends or your family or whoever have a huge influence on you. Um, I'm a really big fan of, you know, paying attention to how the people around you influence you and only surrounding yourself with people who, you know, make you feel good and who live the kind of life you want to live. Thank you. For I that. need more hiking friends. <laughs> I'll hike with you. All right, let's go. <laughs> so Ronnie, we talked about fads, um, but when it comes, like we talked about fads for the types of fitness, but when it comes to the, t- like the like when to start a new journey. I know that there's, there's peaks throughout the year too, right? And this, the holidays are coming up and I know the new year is huge for a lot of people to start thinking about their fitness, but what do you think is the right time to start a new fitness journey? Um, well, you know what they say, there's no better time than the present. Um, but honestly, I find that the people who wake up one day and they're like, you know what, I've had enough and I just, I want to make a change and they do are the ones who are the most successful. People who, you know, they wait for Monday, they wait for a new month, they wait for a new year. Those are the types of people who get sucked into the fads and they do it for a couple of weeks, maybe even a whole month. And then they fall off because they're not really committed. Um, But like, honestly, the day that you decide you want your life to be different is the best time to start because one, you're inspired, right? And when you're inspired and you want to do something, taking action is really easy as opposed to when you don't want to. So the more you can inspire yourself and like one thing is when you make it simple, right? When you make it really simple, it's easy to start. Everybody thinks starting has to be this big thing. I remember when I worked in a gym, you'd get all the new members, they'd come in in January and they're like, okay, I want to start working out five days a week. I'm going to change my whole diet. I'm going to quit smoking and quit drinking and do all this. And I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> like, you're not going to be okay if you do that. <laughs> like, that is not going to go over well. Um, so the biggest thing is just start small, right? And as soon as, like, as soon as you decide you're ready, and this could be as simple as starting drinking, you know, a glass of water before and after every meal, right? Building on those small habits. Um, but yeah, as corny as it is, the best time to start is is now, right? And the best time to start was yesterday, but the best second best time is now. Because the sooner you get started, the sooner you see results. And the sooner you see results, the better you feel, the more likely you are to keep going. Whereas the more we think about how hard it is to start something, 
right? The more you build it up in your mind and you think of how big and scary it's going to be, the harder it seems when really you just use your mind against you, right? Instead of just getting started, you made it bigger. Um, so the more or the less you can think about it and the more action you can take, the better and the easier it is to get started. So now I have a loaded question for you. <laughs> um, what is the right weight for someone? Great question. Um, so there really, there is no right weight. Um, and the main reason I say this is because I reached what I thought was my right weight, right? I reached what I thought was my goal weight because that's what society said, right? Oh, women should be X amount of pounds. And I didn't look healthy. I wasn't happy. I wasn't confident. Um, and I find that the best weight is the weight that you feel your healthiest, your happiest, your most confident, but that you're still able to enjoy your life, right? So I feel healthy. I feel happy. I feel confident in my body. Could I be leaner? Could I lose a few pounds? Yeah, sure. Like we all could. Um, but for me, spontaneous like pizza or ice cream dates are way more important than those last two to five pounds. Um, so I don't believe in setting goal weights uh, just because, I mean, everything I've talked about today, um, I just find that's not a really good indicator of where you're at, how you feel. And when you're forever trying to set up, like reach a goal weight, what I find is you'll get to that goal weight. And because you're so focused on it, you'll, you'll realize that you still have those old habits of criticizing yourself and picking yourself apart. So at that goal weight, you're still criticizing yourself and you'll be like, okay, well, maybe I just need to lose another five pounds, right? So once you lose the weight, it'll never be enough if that's your only focus. So honestly, the right weight for anybody is the weight that they feel their best in, right? You can enjoy life, you're healthy and you're happy. Um, but that allows for that 20% of spontaneous uh, nights out and imperfection. So you talk about self-love um, and caring about yourself first. One of my favorite shows is Shit's Creek. There's an episode uh, cold opening um, where Dan Levy looks at himself in the mirror and he kind of like, okay. And then like starts the day and then it goes into this whole birthday cake or not a, a anniversary cake thing. And just that little thing of him going, okay. I've actually started to do that. And it's the funny, cause it's so corny. Cause then I laugh at myself and then I laugh at myself for laughing at myself or being corny. It just turns into this weird thing but it totally works. I'm like, yeah, you got this. Where is a good place to start for someone on that journey? Like what is a great way for someone to look at themselves differently in a more positive light before they start, you know, rebuilding themselves? So one thing that I will get people to do in the beginning is to put a little sticky note on their bathroom mirror. And every time they look in the mirror, think of three things they love about themselves. So now this can be like something you're proud of. This can be something you accomplished. This can be something physical, right? Oh, I love my smile. I love my eyes. I love this about me. I love that I haven't given up on myself. And what happens is one, you feel good, right? At first it feels awkward and you don't really believe it. And you're just doing it because I told you to. Um, but the more you do it, the more you start to believe it and the better you start to feel. And once you actually start to believe it, you change the way you think about yourself, right? Once you change the way you think about yourself, you change the way you act. 
And what you're doing at the same time is you're retraining your brain. So, so many of us are trained to look in the mirror and find our flaws, right? Pick yourself apart. So instead of doing that, you're replacing it with finding something you love about yourself. Cause it's really hard to criticize yourself when you're looking for things you love, right? You can't do two things at once. As much as you might want to try, your brain cannot have two thoughts at the same time. So you're learning to replace that habit. And it's something that, like I said, it's really awkward for people at first, but it's so powerful. And I've, you know, I've done this with a lot of my clients and just with friends and with people. And one, it's so funny because people will lose weight just from doing that. Because when you love yourself, you want to take care of yourself, right? When you don't love yourself, you don't, why would you want to take care of yourself, right? That's when the self-sabotage comes in. That's when you beat yourself up. That's when all those negative habits come in. But the more you love yourself, the more you want to do things that make you feel good. Um, And honestly, it's the most simple thing that anybody can do. Um, But it's one of the most transformative, like simple habits that I've come up with yet. I can't wait to see how many people start putting name three things you love about yourself. I'm going to be on your mirror for the next couple of months. That's great. I, I would love to see that. That would make me so happy. All right. So everyone who's listening, three things about yourself, tag Ronnie in your post when you put on social media. Let's see what we can get going here. Please do. All right. Well, uh, honestly, I, I seriously, I want to thank you because, uh, you being a guest here uh, has brought a new view when it comes to uh, fitness, um, definitely food um, and loving yourself. So that's kind of everything that we fall into. But before we close off, we always like to give our guests an opportunity to shamelessly self-promote themselves. Where can people find you? Uh, what are you up to? Um, do whatever you need to do to, to promote yourself. And uh, is there something you want to leave people with before we sign off? Okay. So, um, of course I'm on social media. You guys already said it, but, um, I'm on Instagram, Ronnie underscore Travis. I'm on Facebook and I have a private Facebook group where I do tons of free trainings, tips, inspiration, and it's just a little bit more intimate, um, because it's private, right? Nope. Not everybody can see it. Um, and the group is called strength, confidence, and lasting success for everyday Superwomen. So you can search it or um, find my handle on Instagram and you can go to the link in my bio. Um, And I just have tons of free trainings from, you know, everything we talked about today, but just how to do it, right? So how to ditch dieting and see results and all of those amazing things. Um, And it's just a fun place to be and a little bit of a positive place to be in the craziness of the world right now. Um, but yeah, pretty much find me on social media and that's, you know, you'll just see everything that I have to offer there. Um, one thing that I would like to leave with people, I would just like everybody listening to know that they're capable of so much more than they think they are. And that small steps might seem like nothing, but if you took one small step every single day, you wouldn't even recognize yourself by the end of the year. And that's basically the best piece of advice I could ever give. Um, and two pieces, just kidding. Um, learn to hype yourself up, right? So many people are their own worst enemy, right? They sit there and they talk themselves down. They talk themselves out of things, which is why so many people don't achieve what they want to do. Um, and if you would just talk to yourself like you would talk to your best friend, right? 
how you would talk to your mom, how you would talk to somebody that you love and just believe in yourself a little bit more every single day, your life would literally change. So that's all, that's all I got. <laughs> Everybody needs a good hype song. Find right? a solid anthem, hype yourself up. You got it. 100%. <laughs> yeah. If I could be as excited as DJ Khaled is every time he drops a new song, <laughs> I mean, come on. Right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think we can all, uh, we're all going to agree that this is a great opportunity to learn from you, uh, to learn with you. Um, so thank you very much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank, thank you guys you. so much for having thank me. Thank you so much. Thank you for watching and listening to this week's episode of the Food and Fitness Podcast. Join us next week when the hosts of the Food and Fitness Podcast sit down to reflect in our team huddle episode. 